Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 94 of Shades of Brown. And we, we are back. Uh, we return. Uh, like, we do this, like, it's not like this is an unusual thing. We always, like, have, like, these, two, like, two-week, like, breaks between episodes just because schedules don't line up. Uh, at, at this I mean, time, I mean, let's let's be real. It was mostly because uh, I was hungover as fuck. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> like, I mean, I, we'll own up to the we will own up to the audience and inform. Yeah, last Sunday was like busy for me as well, so it's like all around not not gonna happen. I mean, so. it's it's Overwatch. You see, we we actually we actually are a seasonal podcast that schedules around Overwatch League. So when Overwatch League isn't active, we can go in the high drive. And when Overwatch League is in high gear, we have to um sub, you know subside our schedule. I mean, it. it's it's not usually that. Yeah, like last week, uh, like on Sunday, uh, there was the stage two finals for Overwatch League. So it was like it started at one p.m. EST. So it was like, okay, we gotta like record earlier, and well, that that's not gonna happen. So actually, how is how is Overwatch League going so far? Because I try to pay attention to it, and then I just I fell off. <laughs> uh, stage two finals were real, really, really good. Uh, like it was, it was a fantastic uh, match. I, I think you can watch that. I think that's a good one. Uh, good casters too. Yes, good. Thank God. Uh, like Samurai Hex, for fuck's sake! I don't even want to go into it again <laughs> because I'm just gonna be here like ranting for five minutes about why Samurai Hex are so bad. But yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. So let's start with uh, some, you know, slightly more boring stuff. I guess maybe uh, Microsoft Build happened 2019. Build uh, Build is Microsoft's uh, developer conference, and and Build is not all capitalized, right? It's like I thought it was like B caps and U, like all the letters were caps, but it's actually not. Uh, so let's like, what are the, like the what do you what do you think is like the central theme of build this year? The uh, the central theme of build was really just a whole lot of Azure stuff, a whole lot of enterprise stuff, and and not a bunch of Windows or consumer stuff. Which, to be fair, makes sense considering like what actually makes microsoft money right since azure is fucking huge now and so it was like all their developer tools um so there's a lot of stuff there that i frankly don't care about because it's like fun names like um yeah cr uh you have crms on the azure cloud powered by microsoft buy um for for the gays <laughs> like yeah crms uh like what like microsoft dynamics like with sharepoint or like azure stuff like stuff on the like i like all uh like essentially it's like the stuff that they provide as services right like the uh the i mean this has been a trend over the past few years like the importance of windows in in at build has like decreased over like the last few years like last year's build had more windows stuff i think uh, but this year is definitely like less Windows stuff and more like a year with all the cool stuff that's, uh, that's on Azure. And this is like the stuff Cortana can do powered by Azure, et cetera. Uh, so one of the things like Microsoft Edge, right, is, uh, obviously being rebuilt with, uh, Chromium, uh, on the, on the, on the engine front. So like, you know, like new features that are coming in, uh, what is it, like collections and like, like export like stuff into into office stuff like it's not it's not particularly uh mind blowing stuff so. and it's also they're also going to be doing some of the privacy stuff i believe if i'm reading this correctly that safari does um where there are different options of like controls over cookies and stuff so you can have sort of like cookies and third-party cookies be able to work across all sites but then you can also have it where it's more of like how safari operates um and you can do like a sliding scale depending on what kind of user you are i don't know why they just don't do it by default i guess it breaks some of the web and microsoft just microsoft's just too spooked to have any of the web break on them but yeah they, they don't want like users to have like websites break because they like turned on some features uh also like the like it's gonna have like a internet explorer mode uh so you can like you know i guess for web developers uh to test uh uh not just not just web developers i imagine there's like legacy sites that don't work Correctly. Oh yeah, there's like a whole uh, bunch of like internal enterprise apps that like only work in like IE10 because oof, oof, enterprise software is bad. But yeah, it makes sense for them to ship that. Yeah, so it's like basically going to be like a little virtualized IE IE10 or whatever in running in in in, in like like a, like they're going to have like some sandbox process. I would imagine that just like runs the IE engine. Uh, 
Okay, so that that's that's fine. Uh, what else? Um, Cortana. I mean, this is like again, like this stuff is just like Cortana is going to get more embeddable in like apps and and be able to do conversational stuff. It's kind of weird. Microsoft's like scaled back Cortana from being like a general purpose um, sort of sort of product into something that you can drop into applications where it makes sense, which I guess is a good way of doing it, but it just it's it's in a weird place right now. Yeah, it is definitely. Like Cortana in Windows is definitely like sort of they've reduced the like the prominence of Cortana inside Windows a little bit. Uh significantly really. And like I, I wonder what they're trying to do there. Like they're trying to make it more part of like an AP they're more making like part of like an API that you have a conversation with, not as like a like the the traditional Alexa or or Siri style assistant, right? The traditional. There's, uh, there's nothing traditional about uh, the assistants, but uh, I guess. Uh, and the third, I think one of the another thing is fluent design. This is Christian's area of expertise. I think fluent design is going to be everywhere now, nearly. Uh, that it's going to be like more consistent across uh, across platforms, and which is um. Which is, I think, basically is taking a, a, a play out of Google's book, right? Because Google has the material aspects and sort of like Polymer, right? Um, think of web apps like Mastodon with that flat fab button. That's, that's strictly a material design, like UI element, right? And sort of, so essentially what, what Google, or I'm sorry, what Microsoft is doing here is that they're also building an expandable or expandable web framework for that. Um, ditto for Android, Windows, and iOS, which I don't actually think is a bad thing. Um, because uh, Google's own Polymer set, I believe it's called, for the material design stuff, um, is slow. <laughs> Isn't great on performance on anything but Chrome. Um, and, and if Microsoft can build something that's more, that's as easy to drop in, um, that gives you nice you know, UI controls, but is more performant than some of these other libraries, then I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, granted, on iOS and Android, I feel like you should always be sticking to native controls, but developers don't like to do that. And, you know, this this can help build cross-platform UIs easier. Um, and, you know, out of, out of like, give me material design or fluent design, I'd probably go with a fluent design app, just personally. Like, like, like as an example, the one app, Microsoft app that I use in iOS a lot is, is OneDrive, right? Uh, and OneDrive is, it, it looks like an iOS app to me. Like, it, like all the, like it has the bottom navigation, right? It has the, uh, it has the iOS style, photo picker and whatever like it's it doesn't feel foreign like it's still like it's still branded uh like with the with the OneDrive blue color or whatever but it's it still feels like it was designed as an iOS app uh like native iOS app that that wasn't like fluent design uh so I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do. Like, if they, are they gonna like read? Like, they, they already started redesigning the icons, right? Like, this yeah. is the thing. So right? actually, too, I'm looking at the um. The, the page icon. for it, yeah, not the OneDrive icon, the the sort of the UI sketch frameworks that Microsoft has for Fluent Design on iOS, and that's basically that is OneDrive. OneDrive is using these, um, probably a prototype version of them, but so yeah, if you look at how OneDrive is built, that like is the web Fluent version? Design on iOS. No, OneDrive on iOS. Oh, okay. So so the one the version you're talking about, that's actually how iOS um, Fluent Design is supposed to be built. Oh, interesting. So it looks like it. It like it fits into iOS, but at the same time, it has its own like designs. Okay, so yeah. Like for is, example, actually, I'll send you the link real quick, just um to the to the page of example buttons and the such. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at it. Yeah, I'm looking at the Microsoft Fluent Design website about like controls and research, like the the UI fabric, right? The uh, the sort of like the yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Actually, like the basic inputs. Yeah, it says like buttons and all of those. Um, that's basically how OneDrive does it right now, and so I think Outlook as well too, if I remember correctly. And so I feel like that's that's actually a respectful way of doing it versus material design. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's, it it doesn't like override like most um, over override like the core design elements of iOS. It just like sort of adopts it and puts its own little uh, touch on it, right? Like I think that's that's yeah. what's happening. And the cool. web and the yeah. web components too, I think, are actually pretty nice. I think they're. They're like a little more wireframe um, in design versus how material design is like super poppy and like bright and stuff. But I actually I don't think that these are bad by any means. And I I feel like too because of how more basic they may be that they are more performant as well. Yeah, uh, and like like the, the design 
like I like all the colors on the website. By the way, it's a nice website. But uh, yeah, I'm like I'm wondering what what's going to happen in Windows. Like is Wind like Windows has been slowly moving towards Flow Design, obviously over with the over the uh, since they introduced it. Uh, like what what changes are we going to see coming going forward with Flow Design? Obviously, I don't think they mentioned. Uh, what's gonna uh, I don't use Office anymore, so it's it's not like I like I use a lot of Microsoft apps actually, like other than Windows and OneDrive. Uh, so. So we'll see. Uh, what else? This one actually got got all the headlines. Uh, when Windows Terminal <laughs> is getting uh, is getting a, there's a new Windows Terminal application, uh, and it's gonna have uh, custom themes. It's gonna have tabs. It's gonna have emoji. I guess because it can it does it has full Unicode support, uh, and it looks good. Um, it, it's it's great. Uh, it's it's great to have a terminal that's not set in the early nineties. Uh, like PowerShell is fine, but it's like it feels very basic. Uh, like the the actual the terminal emulator. And I mean, honestly, PowerShell is like ten years old now, right? Like PowerShell came out with Vista, didn't it? So PowerShell is also old as shit. And like, I feel like Microsoft's terminal apps are like terrible to use. Like yes, okay. They they are they are basic as you can type in a command and you get something. But like compared to any other terminal app, even like the native Mac OS one, they're just all garbage. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, there are there are two terminal apps. Where there's there's command prompt, which is obviously the OG uh, Windows terminal uh, emulator, right? For for from the DOS days, right? Uh, it's obviously not DOS anymore, but it's, it's it still has that DOS feel to it. Uh, and it's very, very basic, right? It has it has none of the features that modern terminal terminal emulators like uh, I don't know, like uh, console on on KDE or like iTerm two on macOS, right? Like it has none of those fancy like cool features that if you are you're a heavy terminal user, you're gonna you're gonna use those. Like it doesn't have any. Um, and there's also power the, the basic PowerShell like. That's basically command prompt, but it it just runs PowerShell only, and it's it's not that great either. So, uh, this is good. So this is great, actually. Uh, I'm looking forward to to this coming out. Uh, the theming aspect is cool. Uh, uh, the tab feature is actually extremely good. Uh, like I I love that. Like uh, when on Linux, like you had like stuff like Terminator. Uh, you could do like or or GNOME Terminal or like whatever you prefer, right? All of them had tabbed UIs. Like you can you can set like profiles. Like you can have different uh, tabs with different profiles, and you can have different designs. So it's it's all like you know. Uh, Wait, is is GNOME Terminal actually just called GNOME Terminal, or is it like Gnomeinerl? I'm I'm gonna call it Gnomeinerl because everyone's gonna hate me for that. <laughs> oh and, my god! Um, <laughs> Every GNOME is gonna get get, get soft. Oh, oh, we have actually too. Speaking about GNOME, um, we have follow up on display servers. Oh yes, yes, we had yes, some. Uh, I, I people slid yes. into my DMs about display servers last week and how incorrect you were. I wasn't so, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there is a Wayland compositor for virtual reality. It, um, we'll have the link to the GitHub page in the show notes, which you can always find at twoshadesofbrown.com. And the most recent Fedora release is GNOME, uh, sorry, GNOME on Wayland by default. Ubuntu still uses org. Uh, KDE has soft appreciated xorg. And XFC is, you know, that's GDK2, no Wayland there. Uh, May, sorry, Mate is on GTK3. So Wayland could be coming soon. And there's some Wayland exclusive tiling window managers like Sway and Waycooler. Um, but anything based on WL roots does not work with proprietary NVIDIA drivers. And um, Wayland is not an elementary OS right now. Uh, Budgie is GTK3. But what, what is Budgie again? Budgie is, uh, is, is a distro or like... Uh... It's a desktop environment. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and... Um, the, the thing too, though, that makes this, this harder is because Wayland is just a protocol and it's not an implementation like yes, how XORG yeah, yeah. is one. <laughs> so uh, WL Roots is a Wayland implementation. Uh, Mirror Canonical's display server is another, and it is a reference implementation. Um, so as as um, as as our as as they put it in the message to me, basically display servers are display servers are a fuck. Yeah, they are. Yes. Uh... So it's good to know the current state of Wayland on Linux, on desktop Linux. Uh, that's, that's actually handy information because 
like I honestly I haven't I like back when I stopped using Linux, it was still all Xorg. Uh and it still mostly is Xorg. Like I think that's what the vibe I'm getting from it. It's like Wayland is still too uh well, like it's, it's like there's like a lot of technical depth X work, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you have to make sure that you can't switch over to Wayland until Wayland can do everything X work can. <laughs> yes, like all the applications, and if you're using like an older or like a GTK two desktop environment like XFC, you're basically stuck with X work, right? Like it's not like like XFC, I mean, they're also using GTK two, so I don't think they care about using the latest technologies. Probably not. Probably not. But you know. Uh, if, if they ever like, yeah, that's that's, that's a good point. If ever, if any, any distro is not gonna like fully remove XOR uh, from their from their versions, because that would uh, like well, a lot of people would not be happy with that. But like, yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, so display servers on like still still a still a mess. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, that's, that's some of the most detailed like uh feedback that we have gotten i think of ever on this podcast so that, that's that's good yeah, uh yeah um just 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 let you know way you can now have a shitty comp is clone in uh, <laughs> vr which basically cool. is all i want which means i'm linux gaming is here yes linux linux this is the year of linux gaming Let's oh my god it. how come there's a new ubuntu vr yet a headset that exclusively runs only in a vr environment you know that that's mm, mm. we have Hannah Montana Linux. Come on, we should be able to have this. Yes, yeah, Hannah Montana Linux. Now that's that's a throwback. All right, let's talk about like a VR. Well, not VR. This is AR stuff. More mostly, we're gonna talk about. Let's well, let's talk about the best of both worlds here. Best of <laughs> you fucking you fucking made a Hannah Montana joke. Oh, that's that's good. That's that's. I can't even be mad because that was really good. Um, <laughs> so. Um, Microsoft ended build by teasing a Minecraft AR app. And then this Friday, two days ago, they have actually announced it in full. It is called Minecraft Earth. And think Pokemon Go, but instead of catching, you know, like Pokemon monsters and stuff in the wild, you can just build shit in the in the wild with Minecraft yep. blocks. Yeah, so it's just like essentially puts Minecraft blocks like uh it's it's just like projects them like i guess i'm oh, not projects them like well it just, just maps them out to real space right so you can place blocks on there and then there's like and it, there's they call it an adventure feature right so you're not exactly mining but you can still gain resources that way and uh even better microsoft has said that there are no um loot boxes or any any of that garbage in the game and unlike gearbox they actually mean it when they say any of that <laughs> garbage yeah um uh- it looks neat though. Like, like if this, if this, like, if this is as good as they claim it's going to be, right? Uh, it's that's actually a, a really huge deal. Like, uh, Minecraft is obviously huge. This is like what is the ten year anniversary of Minecraft too. So that's a good timing for this announcement. Uh, and like the whole AR aspect is like, is like Pokemon Go was a huge social phenomenon, right? A lot of people still play it, by the way. It's still a thing. It's just, it's just not as big as it used to be, but there's still a lot of uh, people who just play AR games. Uh, and this, this is going to be really cool. All the kids are going to be into it. I'm, I'm bad. It's, you know what's even be- better about it is if you hold your phone over a body of water with this game, you can fish. Like, you point the camera over like a real world body of water, right? You could then fish in the game because it detects that that's water. Oh my god! And then, like the whole like the 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 big aspect of this that that also Pokemon Go had was the social, like the physical social aspect of it, right? Like the sort of like interacting in the physical world with uh, other people, uh, by like using technology to facilitate that is is, is always like an interesting interesting thing. Uh, so the, the yeah, so like kids are gonna kids are gonna gonna love this. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna this is gonna be great if it's if it's decent. I, I would imagine it's gonna stick around for a long time. It's gonna be very popular. I mean, it's it's Minecraft too. So like, there's n- Microsoft not gonna have a problem getting onto people's phones. I feel like they just have to make they just have to they, if they nail it. They just have to nail. They the just have to nail the implement. Yeah, they just have to make like the social like make it work reasonably well. Have good like social aspects. Uh, like the interaction needs to be uh, well done. Uh, I mean, and at least too, we know that the um, the base AR part of it's going to work great since they're just using AR Kit and AR Core on Android and iOS. So yeah, they're they're basically they're not rewriting any of that. They are using some um, um, queer friendly Power BI. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I just that's such a oh, I. 
I, I love when anyone tells us about like BI because it's just like, why? Who cares? But no, no, for real, though, they're using um some Azure game kit, game core or game kit stuff that they had announced, which is like uh, cloud gaming features that are, that are built into Azure that game developers can use. So they're using one for computer vision and they're using one for keeping items in sync with the real world. So they're, 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 they're taking advantage, I think, of all like the different arms to just make like a really interesting video game. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting. They said they're using OpenStreetMap, right? Which is interesting to me. Uh, uh, well, what map. did they do though? They sold here maps. Remember, Microsoft no longer owns oh. any part of it with the Nokia deal. Oh, rip. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think like, I think here maps is like a conglomerate now, owned up like different companies. But um, so like OpenStreetMap probably is the one that saves them those money and is accurate enough because this isn't like GPS stuff, right? You just need like a basic outline of the world. You don't need the um, like you know it. Pr- precision mapping yeah, right yeah you don't need like heavy detail uh that's, that's cool uh yeah so this is uh, like the ar kit stuff apple has been really pushing the ar kit stuff and this might just be the stuff that actually pushes ar kit into the mains like as a main like i don't know if ar kit has taken off all that all that heavily right like the yeah like i don't know if there's huge like big AR kit apps that I don't know about. Uh, but this, this would, if this, if this comes out, it, it might just be the biggest AR kit app. Uh, well, I think app. like, too, this is like the biggest use of AR in general, right? For like a consumer application, because while Pokemon Go is kind of AR, right? You only ever get to like actually use your phone as a viewfinder when you're in a battle for Pokemon. And that's like only on iOS. And so, and so being able to have a game where the majority of the play is going to be looking at stuff because you're placing blocks in your building, right? You're, it's, you're not spending time on menus. You're going to be spending your time walking around, poking at things with your phone and building actual structures. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what, really cool. Yeah. What gets me with those? Like, how are they going to do verticality here, right? Like, am I going to have to get a fucking ladder to build, like, a house? Because think about it. Like, genuinely, in Minecraft, right, you have to stand on a block to, over, you know, go up. Like, how do they make that happen in this? Do you build an object and then pre-place it into the world, right? Like, say it has, like, a level builder where you design the object, you know, you build it with all the blocks, and then you can just plop it in? Yeah, possibly. Like, they, they, they're going to have to make some abstractions, right? Obviously, considering the medium, uh, I'm sure I'm sure they can figure it out. There's probably some ways uh, that you don't have to climb. <laughs> you don't have to get a ladder. <laughs> you can just, like, move, you can just, like, you know, move your screen up and it'll, like, adjust or something. I don't know. Like, they, they'll figure it out, I assume. Uh, because the climbing a ladder to play Minecraft Earth sounds, sounds like something, like a, like a Black Mirror episode or something. Um, the Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It's just, like, too imagine Like, this is, like, a mixed reality headset. Like, if they report it's, like, HoloLens. So you're literally just, like, climbing up a ladder and just, like, just tapping around. Like, that is, that is the future. Oh. <sighs> Feature. That's the feature. All right. Uh, so this is uh, so this is like the build stuff. This uh, that's the stuff that's interesting at build. Wait, wait, wait. What, right? One more thing. Yeah. Let's take this even further. So instead of going outside to play Minecraft Earth, you're in virtual reality, right? Using Oculus Quest or an Oculus Rift or or Vive or whatever, right? And you're using Street View in Open Street Maps to then place objects in the real world and then and then your friend can like walk past that structure like it physically and then see the block you placed oh, that's your galaxy you're thinking, brain that's that's oh that's ridiculous and absurd but you know it's, it's probably gonna happen it's, it's yeah yeah all right uh so minecraft earth it looks cool go read the, the article about it uh seems interesting uh so let's let's move on to the to the other developer conference because this this, this is where we've got uh, two developer conferences. Uh, we got uh, Google I/O 2019 and Christian. Before we start talking about the device that we need to talk about, uh, let's talk about like the general vi- like the general stuff like the themes that got mentioned at the uh, Google keynote, uh, the I/O keynote is is um, privacy. Privacy, yes, which is. Which is, well, we need to talk about it because essentially what's happening is this is Google trying to reframe the discussion around privacy. So they're saying that, hey, uh, we know we collect a lot of data, the 
like our mission is to collect all the world's information and to make it useful to you. And we collect all this data and we are going to provide all these features that allow you to safeguard this data, but please continue to give us our data. Uh, like that's the entire, just like that's like the summary of it, right? Like, am I, am I wrong? Or is it like, and that's the vibe I got from it is like, Hey, we, I, we, we know we collect all this like data and you're, we're going to give you all these controls, uh, to like, you know, erase data after six months or whatever. Uh, but look at all these cool features that we give you for the, for this data, like all these features that are useful, that are, that are, that are made essentially at using your data as an input uh so like so that's the vibe like they're talking about privacy but they're talking about it in a way it's they like, rewrote the definition of privacy i feel like because private is is an open-ended word right and i feel like the definition up till now that and apple didn't make that definition right because this is also linux advocates have been saying for years right is that private stays local right private is local private's on your device and Google changed that to mean private is between me and you. Yep, exactly. They they mean that your data is is safely held by Google, right? Like that's what they mean. That's what they mean by private. They mean private from the rest of the world, but not from Google, right? Uh, so that's like the you so you got always got to be careful with these because uh, Facebook is also trying to do this. Uh, they're trying writing fucking op eds in the Washington Post or whatever. Uh, is that they're trying to redefine what uh, what privacy means to benefit their bottom line, right? To benefit them. So, so always be careful when you when you try to read these these narratives that they're trying to frame because uh, it's it's going to affect discussions with people and like technology in general. Like going forward, it's like well, what does Google mean when they say private? And what do you mean when you say private? What does like like uh, like a like a privacy advocate? Uh, for real, say when they what they mean. Like, what does being a privacy advocate mean in 2019? Uh, so, like redefining the word means they 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 want to control control the message, uh, which is dangerous uh, because privacy is is important. Uh, it is it's, it's it's vital. Like you could say it's a it is a human right as like uh, enshrined like the United Nations uh, Bill of Human Rights, right? Uh, so it's like it, it is it is a vital thing. Uh, so we got to be careful uh, not to let corporations like change the relationship and the message. Uh, so th- that was the, that was like the, the gist of IO. Like I, I also had this on mute, but uh, I was watching. I was sort of like keeping an eye on the subtitles and the slides or whatever. Uh, a lot of so, cool stuff. So yeah. not in the live stream, but everyone who was there saw it. Is that? Um... There was like a, one of those planes, you know, that people attach like the uh, like the the billboards to, kind of right that fly around. And I, I can't remember what I was saying exactly, but there was one flying around, like saying like that Google is like evil. <laughs> oh my god! Right above all, like, everyone. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta do it. Gotta that do was it. some good camera work, though, for them not to get it, not to have it show up in any of the shots. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. And also, there, there, like, let me talk about some of the demos, right? And one of the demos that really stood out to me was the live captioning, right? I, I think that's what, like, that's that was the demo that really, like, I was like, this is, this is really cool. Like, this is actually a useful tech, like a, a useful tech. Uh, and the thing too is that this one actually happens local on device. So essentially, um, I guess we're now, we're, we'll be moving into like now just features on Android Q. Um, but one of the ma- headlining features, something called live caption, which essentially allows for any video input that the device will also be listening to it. And it will be giving you live captions of, of transcribing the audio to text in real time. And it all happens locally on the device. Yeah. So they, they, they put, they, they talked about how they optimize these models, like these uh, neural nets, right? Uh, and, and the data, like the, What's the term for it? Uh, like the the models, right? They 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 compress the models enough to fit on device, right? Uh, and they essentially use these models to to like perform the function of of like any video or like any video, like audio source. Like I guess you can play a video, uh, and it will do the live captioning for you. Uh, you can I guess play maybe an audio. I don't know if it will work with audio, like just audio, like maybe like a podcast, like live transcription. Like that would be that's hella cool tech. Like like live like it, like it would make transcribing a lot better. Uh, it would be amazing uh, because transcribing is very hard because you usually have to do it by hand. Like you usually have to 
pay person to do it because trans- machines are still pretty bad at transcribing lang- like of uh, uh, audio. Uh, so, so like something like this would be huge. Like it's a, it's a, it's a very good, like powerful tech for various like uh, accessibility reasons, right? Like uh, like. like Stuff that doesn't have live captions, like a lot of video on the internet doesn't have live caption, like stuff on YouTube that doesn't have live caption. Like, like you, you can just use that to get ca- like some reasonable captions going, and it's like that is amazing. If but Google, this, if Google really wanted to be revolutionary, they'd let you easily export it to a text file. Yes, yeah, or like make subtitle files that you can, I don't know, like upload to YouTube or something. I, like that's all kind of like all this. Like, stuff. like genuinely though, genuinely though. I, I I appreciate the Android feature, but as a whole, like getting trans, getting captions for any other form of video or audio that is not on a Google property right now is a living nightmare. And if Google, like, it would benefit a their neural nets because they're being fed more data, and it benefit everyone else for making something accessible. Google honestly just make a site where you upload audio files or whatever, and it gives you a transcript. Yeah, yeah. They they could even make it like a paid feature, uh, like a paid service or something. Like they could do it, but you know Google doesn't doesn't want to do that. Because right now it's like an API you could do with Google Cloud and stuff, but you have to pay someone else to do it, or you have to build your own app to do it. So like those are the like let's like, like what what are the Android Q before we talk about the device? I think we should just clear up the Android Q stuff. Uh, so dark theme, right? I think we talked about this already, right? Did we talk about this? We talked about the potential ones. This is more of like the official feature set now that like Google's put, like announced it, you know, at, on, at IO proper. Yeah. So, so there's going to be an official dark theme. Uh, there's going to be, uh, like a system wide dark theme. Uh, Google is going to make dark themes for all their first party Android apps. Um, uh, they're going to have an API to let know the apps know when there's a dark theme, you know, so developers can like, Automatically switch uh, themes in their application. Uh, I think that's that's good, right? Um, like dark yeah, that's what we expected. I feel like iOS probably is going to follow suit later on this year. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine this is this is going to just become a, like a normal feature of, the, of mobile OS. Uh, gestural navigation and the back button. So like the so they're essentially moving to a more iOS style gesture navigation style. Yeah, button. they basically have copied for the most part the ios style of navigation however now too now the back button is just simply done by doing a swipe on yep. either side either mm, gesture i think android user is going to be a little little like it's going to break muscle memory for sure i think if we've uh, learned something from windows 8 it is that while gesture navigation is a beautiful and amazing no one understands it except for nerds and focus groups it's, I, I, it's it's the thing I, I think I've always said about this is that it's not discoverable. Like you can't immediately like the thing with on-screen buttons or physical buttons is that you can just you know like just press it and see what it does. There's no way to do that with uh, with gestures, right? You just have to kind of kind of just guess. Like, okay, how do I go back? Like, well, do I swipe left? Do I swipe right? Do I do I swipe up and do this motion? Like, like there is no obvious like the system will I guess teach you like what you, i guess when you get the device it'll be like hey this is how you do the navigation but like still like it's, it's, it's not immediately obvious that it's uh just have to do that and it's also like prone to failure right it's that if you just don't do the gesture properly right uh like it's gotten better like and i think android gestures are much better than they used to be but like uh failing the gestures is a common failure mode like just not doing the gesture properly like whereas the button is much more obvious that you just didn't hit the button or you hit the button like it's it's not it's not confusing there's that aspect uh so we'll see how android users feel about this i've i've got used to it obviously on on the on the 10s uh like it's it's fine for me like i'm I'm, i I like it it's it feels uh, like the the home button navigation style uh was getting a bit dated but like that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It's just that it's uh, it was more obvious. Uh, I don't mind it. So if if the, the we'll see like when, when this comes out, I would imagine we're gonna get some get some opinion pieces uh, for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to those. I'm looking forward to the opinion pieces about how uh, gesture based navigation is totally terrible. I mean, the thing is too. Like, I don't think we have any ways outside of the iOS way of, of it being good because all the other times that Google has tried gesture navigation, they've always been just subpar 
It's a part, yeah. So they just decided, okay, fuck it. Let's just do the thing that Apple's doing. Just just because it seems to be, like, people don't seem to hate it, right? It's, uh, like, that's, like, the goal, I think. Like, a lot of stuff, like, the, like the uh, permission dialogues, right? Like, they're going to get some new permission dialogues in this. Uh, in this well, basically, uh, they're copying iOS's style of per-app permissions, which, to be fair, should have been there the first, like, like five years ago. Five years ago, yeah, I should have been there. Like this, this is like this, we're talking about this now, but like it's it should have been there. Um, and they just like decided to like go with the model that iOS uh, sort of. Yeah, more specifically for this release is with location data. Um, you like apps can only access your location while in the app or while the uh, app while or at all times or not at all. Yeah, so it's about forty different updates that Google is saying. Um, I think it's mostly just them re- reining shit in and making it way more permissive in terms of what apps can do. As well, another interesting part too is that security updates are now going to be starting to be rolled out through the Google Play infrastructure and not tied to OS updates. Yeah, so this is this is called uh, Project Mainline, right? Uh, and Project Mainline is. Uh, like using like certain uh there's like a list of modules that are going to be updated using using the using the mainline project uh like for example media codecs right media framework components so stuff that that can have security vulnerabilities uh can be updated as quickly as possible without having any middlemen like uh carriers in the mix uh so you can just so you just like they just have an APK that you just update, right? Like so that's that's what they're doing, right? Uh, so that's good. Uh, well, what's going to happen with devices that are outside the Google Play infrastructure, stuff in China, I guess, uh, is that they can roll their own because it's still built into AOSP. You just need a server for it. So a mainline being update able to update mainline stuff on the OS is there and the AOSP part of it. However. The auto building, auto rolling framework is something that if you don't use Google Play, you have to build yourself, but it can't be updated through other app stores if they want or other infrastructures can't be right. built to support that. Right. Uh, so, like it says that mainland will, will not be the, would not be a feature on phones that are like upgrading from P to Q, but instead on phones that ship with Q by default. Just like the um the one from Oreo. Treble. Yeah, Treble, right? Treble, right? Uh, so this is, yeah, I mean, this is not uh, unusual for this. Uh, and also, like, some manufacturers can opt out of this, like, which is... Mm, mm, that's uh, that's questionable. Why would I imagine some... it depends on the skin or the amount of customization. I mean, Google probably won't release more details, but I imagine that, you know, doing it this way for some skins or some modifications to android that still qualifies for the play store can break those devices but i don't know it's, yeah it's, it's that's, like a cop out yeah, the, all look. the stuff is usually pretty secretive because these are like part of, like part of like the contracts that uh, uh oems sign with google uh and those that stuff has always been pretty secret right uh like it's not like it's not open uh so that's, uh, I mean, that's that's all overall. Like Google is slowly starting to like regain control of the upgraded infrastructure as much as they possibly can. Like this is like the step after trouble, uh, and then mainline. Uh, imagine a lot of stuff is going to get into mainline a little bit further. Like next release, I might even see more stuff in mainline being updated uh, via the Play Store. Uh, so. So that's Android Q. Uh, now let's talk about the thing, uh, the device that was announced at uh, Google I.O., uh, the Pixel 3a. Uh, so this is the U.S. like the U.S. dollar price for it is 400 uh, Which is good. But then if you look at the rest of the world, how does it break down? Uh, let me let me just go to store.google.com. Let's, let's go to Adventure, I guess. Uh, if you go to Google, so you get Pixel 3a base model, right? So the 3a, and there's, there's also the 3a XL, right? Well, it's not it's not quite $700. Like it starts at $549 Canadian, right? For the base, just the base model, by the way. Uh, so without the warranty, uh, let's see. It's going to be, give me, give me the price. Give me the price. I did this last week with it. Uh, so it is. 
Okay, so actually, this is slightly less. So, so 549 for the, the subtotal is 549. There's no shipping. The tax, uh, estimated tax is $71.37, uh, which puts the total at $620.37, which is actually. How does that compare to other phones and like an iPhone? No, it doesn't compare to iPhones. And iPhones are minimum going to be a grand, like grand plus. Even like for like an XR? I, I can yeah I can I can just go to Apple.ca and then like do the do the uh, do the math here like iPhone XR like this like I'm doing this without the warranty stuff which is like Apple Care yeah so like uh, like if you go to uh, Apple.ca like the base iPhones uh, XRs like 64 gig model is one thousand dollars and one thousand twenty nine dollars just the just the phone uh, so that's not counting like Apple Care or tax right uh, so. So yeah, it doesn't compare to uh, like this is this is significantly below like four hundred dollars below iPhone pricing and base model. Uh, so yeah, this is I mean it's 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 like the, the, the currency conversion makes sense I guess I mean the Canadian dollar is weaker, uh, and and the currency conversion matches what the the value is at reasonably. So this is actually a pretty good pretty good. Purchase for what it is, right? You get uh, you get a good camera. Uh, you get you get a Google version of Android, right? You get uh, what else? What do you what else do you get? Like that's like the gist of it, right? You get like the stuff that's like it's like you get a decent version of like good version of uh, Android. You get a low price. You get a good camera. Uh, the sort of you just get the uh, it's a, the downside though, right? Is the speed of it and the processor they're using. So the processor, what is it? It was uh, the Snapdragon, Snapdragon, Snapdragon uh, 670. Uh, the Snapdragon 670, which is uh, old, right? Like 670 is like... Uh, it's, 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 it's not as old, but it's a slower. Yeah, it's a mid-range, it's a low mid-range processor. Um, and honestly, in terms of processors, as long as the software is optimized well enough, I don't think that's usually a bad problem. However, this is Android, and Android always gets slow. Because like, for example, with the regular Pixel, someone found out this week on Reddit that if you turn off the digital well-being stuff for Android, it speeds up the device noticeably. That's like there's frame drops because of that feature. Like that is impressive. Like, and and while that's like a small example, it's just Android will get slow after a while, and you kind of have to you have to over you have to over provide in specs to make up for that performance degradation. You have to brute force a way around it. And while I think a Google built up version of it should be quicker, what we see at the Pixel device is that that's not always true. Right. Um, so it does have a headphone jack, by the way. So you know, if you if you if you're if you're sick of phones not having headphone jacks, or if you if you want to upgrade from a phone that has a headphone jack, you, you're gonna be happy to know that. Uh, what else? Uh, four gigs of RAM. Uh, that's fine. Like right? that's standard, right? I mean, four gigs of RAM at this point is uh, standard. And uh, the rear camera, twelve point two mega two megapixel. Uh, front camera is eight eight megapixel. So the camera. Uh, it's good. It's fine, right? It's 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 it's. Uh, there's nothing much to say about it because it's just actually like these these cameras are all pretty good, uh, and they take good pictures. Uh, like this is just like a good for for anyone in the U.S. for anyone in the states. This is a good budget phone. Yeah, even for if you're in other Canada, markets in Canada depends. too, it's all it's all right. If you, especially if you're buying through a carrier, right? And at this time, it's going to be available in in the U.S. It's going to be available with every carrier, not just Verizon, by the way. Minus AT and T, every carrier minus AT and T. But you can always buy it on lock and put it on AT and T. Okay, um, so most carriers, um, and if people are buying this through. Through carriers subsidized, then uh, yeah, this is, this is a pretty pretty decent phone. Uh, but if even if you're buying it like fully priced out, uh, like it's it's all right, uh, especially in the US, it's, it's a reasonable price. Uh, yeah, for, for other markets, yeah, this is not it's not cheap. Like this is this to be considered a higher end like device, I think, in other markets. Uh, and it doesn't quite have the punch of the the pri- the price point is kind of like the, the slow CPU. I mean, like, yeah, that's what that's what I think we when we talked about the leaks of it, we said if the price is good enough, it would be the Android phone we default to telling people to get. And I feel like 
for the US, yes, that's the case, right? It is the phone I would tell people to get if they want Android and they want to spend less than $500. Other markets, not really the case. No, yeah, probably not. Uh, yeah, and it's like, it's like, it's, it's still not like matching the Nexus 5 in, in pricing model. Like, but will they ever though? Will Google ever can, again? Like, do honestly, that? it's not, it's like people keep saying this, but I don't think it's, it's going to happen ever again. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's just like Google is not building phones like that anymore. Like Nexus 5 was, was, there were a lot of compromises to get, to get it down to that price. Uh, like mostly in the build quality, right? It was made straight quality, out of plastic. The build quality was was uh, not great. Uh, the camera was totally bad. It's really bad. Uh, the uh, device was uh, prone to breaking. Prone to breaking. It, it was slow storage. Slow storage. It has stored like mine actually died of storage failure. By the way, like I mean to be fair, it lasted like two years before it died of storage failure. But yeah, like storage failure. It was an LG phone, so storage failures are not uncommon on on cheap LG phones, not even expensive LG phones. Uh, so yeah, bad, bad flash. Uh, like it was, it was not, it was not a great device, but, but, uh, but at the same time, it's going to be sad that, you know, at that price point, you, you're willing to forgive those, 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 uh, those, uh, like issues because, you know, it's 300, it was $349, uh, which is like this, that was a fun, like uh, Nexus 5 is always like kind of like a, a sentimental value for me because it was like the first phone I bought with my own money. I remember, like, if, if the phone was, like, $700 or $800, I would never have been able to afford it at that time. So, you know, like, that, that there's, like, a bit of that. Uh, so, you know. There's definitely OEMs that are still making phones at that level, but Google is definitely out of that game, I think. Uh, I mean, the good thing is, though, for phones that are that cheap, they're now starting to ship more and more of Android 1. Yeah, So it starts. It's, yeah. it, it's being cleaned up a lot on the low end, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's getting better on the low end. So, uh... What else is there to talk about about the uh oh so we have Google Pixel 3a we had the we have the Nest know, drama Nest. Okay, so, so the Nest drama what is what is going on really what is so going on? what's going on with the Nest drama is that Nest has now been absorbed into Google proper which um happened a while back but Google is now rebranding a bunch of their home hardware Nest hardware and they're integrating um Nest's own um, actual hardware in, into the Google Assistant life and all of that. And so as a part of this, Nest had an original IoT sort of home um, networking platform called Works with Nest, which allow anyone to make a device that integrates with the Nest system. And Google is shutting that down to make uh, to, uh, to have developers now rework, rebuild their integrations to work with all Google Assistant devices, which is a bit problematic as Google is giving them until August to do it. And the Google works with Google Assistant um, API set isn't finalized yet. Yeah. So so and then everybody got mad because everybody wanted to use uh, I have the uh, if this then that. Uh, yeah, certain services just won't be brought back, and and most companies were not given enough head time to start working for this. And it's just it, it's a it was a shit show all over, and and basically. Um, like for example, there's a there's Alexa integration with Nest, right? That's going away because Google Assistant is now the platform that you have to work with if you want to work with a Nest device, like a thermostat. Yeah. And the, and there's like there's just some sort of obvious incompatibility. So there. so after like this is like the thing. This is like essentially we're talking about like the mission is of the virtual is that this is like thermostat control lock in. Like, can you imagine? Like say like like this is this is the level we're dealing with. This is like it's not just like they're lock, They're trying to lock it down. They're trying to create this like infrastructure uh, and uh, APIs that are that are singular to Google. Like they're, they're just Google only APIs. Like these these are not like some open API or whatever. Uh, this is just lock it right. This is just the Nest platform becoming Absolutely. closed and less interoperable with other other uh, other home automation devices and even better is, right google claims this is for privacy reasons yeesh. i mean yeah, unless I mean, there's like some vulnerability in the works of nest protocol they have not disclosed which they should um i i don't see how this is for privacy because you have to authenticate it yourself right it's not like a device is going to work if your nest device without your permission right oh boy yeah this, this is the thing uh so let, let, i mean 
what else is there? Like it's 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 the whole. This this is one of the things. Like they were talking about privacy, but like this was clearly like like I think Google had to walk it back, right? Like they had to walk some of it back because they were like, hold on, hold on, why are people why are people angry at us? We just said that we're gonna be doing this thing to protect your privacy. I thought people people liked that sort of thing, but then 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 they didn't realize that they if you're gonna just take away a bunch of features that people are already using, people are gonna be salty about that, regardless of the privacy implications that you're trying to make. Like it's just just a shit show. Like it's just surprisingly though surprisingly um there's no chat app this year at google io thank god because uh, if there was this podcast would be like five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh we also forgot too they announced a bigger version of their home hub as a camera but now it's called the nest hub or something like that because it, they're ruining the google branding from all home products and it's all nest products and the smaller home um screen the alarm clock google assistant device they had the google hub or whichever one it was called it's now the nest one as well all right i mean that that's that's the google google io 2019 and i like i don't know if what, the, what other developer stuff like i honestly ha- like like i like this year my goal is not to watch these keynotes uh too closely or like really at all uh it, because honestly it's not it's not really worth like like over the years i've, I've gotten extremely disillusioned watching tech keynotes right it's just like it's just so like some of it is just so boring like it doesn't even interest me anymore like the stuff that they talk about is, is not even interesting uh like it's a lot of a lot of marketing fluff mostly that's that's, that's why it's just like yeah no i don't want to um so we're gonna talk about one last thing uh this 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 it's uh, time to never settle never settle never settle never never um so we're gonna be talking about the OnePlus Seven Pro, uh, which is which which is getting good reviews. Uh, like seems that the, the tone of reviews overall, at least for the big tech sites anyway, it seems to be overall a positive review for this uh, for this particular OnePlus phone. Uh, so let's start with the price because everything we're going to be talking about is in context with the price. So uh, starting price of six hundred and sixty nine US dollars. Uh, with the worst the first one plus was like what 350 i think the first one plus is as much as the nexus 5 it was like a nexus 5 level pricing i think yeah yeah so let's get the specs out of the way so we have uh android 9 uh so that's pi that's android p as uh, uh this is like a 320 by 1440 so it's like a 2k display right to 3k uh 90 hertz AMOLED, uh, 90 hertz, that part is important. We'll come back to that later. Uh, also, uh, the CPU is the latest, uh, eight core, the latest Snapdragon, which is the 855, right? Uh, four Cortex cores. Uh, like, there are like three big cores and one little core. Is that, is that how this stuff works? Like the big little architecture? Uh, so, and there's three different RAM SKUs, by the way, depending on which, what do you get? Like, how is that distinguished? Like, is it dependent on, like, the storage? Uh, I don't know. Uh, like, there's the 6, 8, and 12 gig variants. What do you do with a phone with 12 gigs of RAM, though? Does Android really need 12 gigs of RAM? To keep every app you ever launch in memory? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, there's two storage variants, 128 starting with, and 256. Uh, USB 3.1. Uh, Gen 1. <laughs> USB Type C is that super speed though? I don't even do, let's let's not get into the USB. Uh, uh, the, the, <laughs> let's just leave that. Yeah, let's just. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so it is uh, the forty-eight megapixel main camera on the back, uh, and the and the f- the front camera, which is the sixteen megapixel pop-up camera, which we're also going to be talking about. Uh, Four thousand milliampere battery, so it's significant. Actually, it's a, that's a big that's a big battery. To be fair. So that's 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 the specs uh, for for the seven Pro and Christian. What do you think about the device? Like, how do you think? Like the first, like what do you think? Like what do you think about the design, the bezel-less, notchless design? This looks like a good phone. It looks like a good phone. Um, I my I don't have actually any really real reservations on it. Nothing really. It's like a good phone, right? And I while while the pop up camera 
is interesting. Interesting to say. I yeah. don't know if that's like the best way to handle it. I I'm not a fan of moving parts, but outside of that, it's a good phone. And that's like honestly high praise, right? Like that's genuinely like high praise. Like if you want a good reliable phone that looks like it gets you know, gets good it gets feature updates that um come rapidly and uh, come frequently because OnePlus does update their phones quite often and has clean builds of Android. I don't feel any sort of negative feelings towards this phone. But at the same time, I also don't feel any sort of positive feelings towards yeah, this phone. It's sort right? of a neutral just, phone, right? Yeah, it's, it's just, just like, sort of, um, like, cool, it exists. It's good. It's fine. It's, 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 it's a good device. Like the 90 hertz screen is interesting. Uh, the, the screen will, uh, like it would, it's normally at ninety hertz, right? You can, but when it goes into yeah, you can drop it down to sixty if you want yeah, to. That's, that's there is no variable refresh rate. It's stuff. not variable, but it's it can it can. It's like a you can drop it down like static. I think the hardware could support it. They just don't have it enabled in software to probably, do probably uh, not, yeah, to do because, that kind of variable refresh rate stuff. Yeah, because variable refresh rate also requires like the software to be you know keeping it up, keeping up with like the animations and whatnot. Like it's all to all be smooth and. And I mean, ideally as well, you want your UIs to run at like 90 frames or 60 frames per second. You you really don't need G-Sync for your phone to put a UI. <laughs> like, one, oh one no, sync. you're dropping frames. Let's just drop the refresh rate. That's like not the way you handle it. One sync. Uh, but no, like uh, 90 hertz. And, and the thing is that with that, the thing is at 90 hertz, you'll notice frame drops less than at, when frame drops at 60 hertz, right? This, this is, this is a thing. So if, 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 it, if, if the frame rate drops from 90 to 80, you're going to notice that if it drops from 60 to 50, uh, right? So the, like frame drops are going to be less, less noticeable. Also, the, the fingerprint reader is an optical one, which is under the screen, right? Um, and it's, it's actually, actually apparently pretty good. Uh, yeah, I've seen some videos of it. It's one of the faster ones for the under yeah, the screen fingerprint that's, sensors. That's cool, yeah. Uh, so, what one of the features like uh, that they're missing is uh, like stuff that's considered uh, no wireless charging, but that's not that important. Um, what else do we have? That's technically we have flagship one that we're missing. No headphone jack. Uh, no headphone jack. Uh, that's uh, no no headphone jack, no waterproofing, no as in as in waterproofing as in they don't have an IP rating because IP ratings need like I guess like a licensing or like a testing fee or whatever, right? Like there's a per cost, like per device cost to having an IP rating, right? Uh, so they decided to not do the IP rating process, uh. Which is which might be a deal breaker for some people. I don't know. Like waterproofing is definitely one of those things that are considered. I think at this point, if you buy a premium device, you probably want it to be waterproof and some like have a good decent IP rating. Uh, so don't go swimming with this. I guess. Uh, I mean, I you really shouldn't be swimming with your phone, anyways. But uh, don't do it uh, with this one specifically. Uh, so it's interesting as well is that the display actually samples input at 135 hertz, um, which is something that iOS does, right? Like iOS has better input latency because they sample at such a high rate uh, for input when Android phones don't, and some Android phones are as optimized. So I don't doubt that this is, as a review says, the fastest Android phone ever. Um, and I think OnePlus phones tend to hold up well over time. So as a whole, right? Like this, the camera system is pretty good. Um, from what they've said on the camera itself, like this is the first OnePlus phone to have a good camera. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a decent camera. Yeah, uh, the pictures of this show it's it looks fine. It looks slightly different from the Pixel, but obviously that's to be expected. It's it's uh, it's the about the about what they consider like like what variables they change to make it look the way they want to look. It looks looks fine to me. Uh, looks like a good camera to me, uh, and the and the price point is is good, uh, and that's the thing, right? This the thing is this is like this is actually a really good phone. Like that's 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 the overall gist of it. It's like it's actually from one plus. This is actually a really decent phone with like the compromises are there. Like the the IP rating, the lack of waterproof, uh, the the headphone jack. I mean, the headphone jack. If you're buying a device, we have normalized this, right? We have normalized that high-end devices don't have headphone jacks now. Is that, also, is that this right? one does not ship with a um, USB-C to headphone adapter. Oh, and no dongle. Plus, has doubled the price of their dongle. 
for this device. Okay, that's not good, right? Um, no micro SD slot, but micro SD slots have been like dead for a long time on these high end devices. Uh, there is no one always on display. So I don't like that's that's a, like none know, of this shit really matters though. Like that, for all the shit that, that matters, the yeah. OnePlus is hit. Yeah, well, like the, all the stuff that's important to the device is good. Like the, the display is good, the fingerprint reader is good, the camera is good, the the price is decent. Uh, the, maybe it's time to switch back to Android. Maybe I should just p- sell my iPhone and pick up this phone. I don't know, man. I like, I like, like I, it's a OnePlus phone though, so I know I'm gonna have a good time. I'm mean, the software is not gonna be trash, right? Like, out of all the Android I could use, this one's probably the best one I could pick up outside of a Pixel. You're right. Uh, that's that's true. That's that that's actually true. This is this is probably the best one that you can. That's uh, that that has the specs. Uh, it has has uh, the, most of the most of the features that you want. Um, what about the, the what, like the what the, the thing that the our stacking review mentioned is the curved display. Is I mean I'm okay with that though because I've I, I've seen Samsung phones that have that curved display and it doesn't bother me that much. Like I've never actually used the phone with a curved display, so I like I don't have a strong opinion on it uh, either way. Uh, but it seems like one of those things that that like, you either get used to it or it's, it really bothers you. Uh, and it comes in a nice blue, which I like, uh, as opposed to the weak ass uh, purple color that Google Pixel Three A comes with. Like really, really Google. Uh, like it's purplish, then really calling it purplish too. Like for fuck's sake, uh, just just if you're gonna just do a color, just you know, just do it. Just commit. Oh, just, just commit, commit to, to the it. color. Like God, like I don't understand. Like Google is just like not committal with their colors. Like just just make it purple, bro. It's fine. Um, you're gonna sell more purple ones probably if you do that. Like people people like purple. Uh, and this blue also looks really nice. It has a nice gradient to it, right? Like the in photos anyway. Uh, it looks like uh like a, it goes from slightly dark to slightly lighter color shade of blue, and I really like that. It's really nice. Uh, so aesthetically, it looks good. Uh, it has good specs. It has a decent price. So, yeah, yeah, good phone. That's good. What else? What else? Is there anything else that's like specifically that we need to say? That is the is this changing the conversation of of pricing at this level? Like, is this changing the like OnePlus like sort of? Ooh, the gold version of it too looks good. Oh, there's a gold version. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm on their website. It's called Almond. It's like a, it's a nice gold. Okay, cool. Uh, so the OnePlus is winning at the color game for sure. Uh, so, so what, what does this make? Like, this makes like the one thousand dollars Samsung phones. Like, what does this put the, the high end, like high end Android phones, uh, like going forward, like next year? I would imagine, like. I don't. I don't know if Samsung is going to drop prices for their for their S devices, right? Like the high end S, like the Galaxy devices, right? It's not going to. I don't know if Samsung is going to bend to because just because Google, like uh, OnePlus, is dropping prices significantly, right? But I don't know. Like other other OEMs might start dropping prices. That, that that's that's good, right? Like although, the, damn, I'm checking OnePlus's website and their version of Apple Care is two hundred dollars. Well. It's called the One Plus Protection Plan for 24 months, $180. Gets you an extension on the manufacturer warranty by additional 12 months, additional damage from 24 months. I mean, to it's day not one. actually unreasonable. pick up and drop off. Like Apple Care is like what? Like Apple Care is like Wait, Apple Care is only, is Apple Care for, no Apple Care is like a I thought Apple Care is cheaper. Depends on the phone. Apple also, is Apple Care only for a year or is it two years? I think it is two years, but uh like say so let me just like check the iPhone uh iPhone 10R. Yeah, Apple like, Care's for two years, yeah. So Apple and Care it's, for... it's 200. It's 200 here. Apple Care Plus is 200 for the iPhone 10R. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's two years uh, at 199 here. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it matches the uh, pricing of... Uh, so, like, I mean, if, you, if you're buying this device, then you want to, like... I'm still paying $1,000. Never mind. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was about to be like, oh, let me pick one of these up. But the glass back phone, I'm like, oh no, that's enough. That's basically brings up the price to a thousand. Because that blue one, you have to pay seven hundred flat for it, not six sixty nine. Six sixty nine gets you the six gigs of RAM, uh, black model. Okay, I mean, if you want, I guess that's okay. That's, so uh, that's interesting it turns out, right? it turns out, I am not staying. I am staying with an iPhone today. <laughs> 
Welcome to phone shopping on Shades of Brad, I guess. Uh, this week, we decided not to go Android uh, for, for the last... OnePlus, however, if you want to never settle and send me a review unit, DM me. DM <laughs> what are you going to do with the review in it by the way like what are you i'm going to review it on the podcast i'll tell well, everyone what i think about it i mean more so than like i already have you can do like a video oh like, a video on pure tube what, what if you like record the video with your iphone though <laughs> i can post it i mean i actually would do that because iphones have really good video yeah they, they do they have like you just get like a like a, a like tripod a, a, a tripod or like a like a yeah just get a tripod and like strand in front of it and just like do like a forge style review of it, like so like get like a like a sofa chair and just like like sit on it, just like t- like look at the camera, just like deadpan, start talking about the phone. Uh, oh my god! New YouTube channel, Shades of Brown. Uh, no, Shades of. Let, let's give it a clever name, Shades of. Uh, Shades of Tube. That sounds really nah, appropriate. Never mind. <laughs> let's not think of that. Um, uh, Tubes sh- of Brown. That. <laughs> Um, shades, shades of, uh, shade phone, phone shade, phone shade, shades uh, of tea. I don't know. Tea uh, shade. Phone. You know how about how about that? Since you know, uh, the, here's our weekly question. Yeah, to weekly question. Yes, what, yes. what would be a good name for a YouTube channel to play on the on the podcast? Yeah, like, well, like um, review if, review phone phones. Uh, and and you can find the uh, email link along with the show notes at twoshadesofbrown dot com. Contact at twoshadesofbrown dot com. You can find me at Mastodon on Mastodon at uh, at static seven Mastodon dot com. Do send us do send us your your YouTube channel names. Uh, I'd love to see them. Uh, Christian people, where do people find you on the internet? You can find me on Mastodon at chosefine at mastodon.zombocloud. Wait, zombocloud. No, 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 last week so we had to talk about all the stuff that happened so 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 yeah so that's that's shades of brand this week uh goodbye all right bye